that is offensive someone it is offensive that's extremely I was really upset and I'm like I'm getting a bit emotional now thinking about it and at that point if he had in public thumped that guy I would have had no issues you want to prime us get us ready because obviously in their head when we were younger arranged marriage is what the part is the path that they probably thought for any of us Welcome to the Sisterhood of Mommy Imperfect. I'm Mommy Imperfect, aka Rina Diptianabil, and this is the podcast where you get your weekly dose of girl chat. Each and every week, my fabulous guests and I explore different aspects of womanhood. It's the end of the month, so that means it's another TPP episode. Yep, it's that time of the month when the power panel assembles for the power hour. And in this hour, we're going to talk about topical news and entertainment stories from the past week or so. So today, we're going to be talking about brown girl representation. There's Indians on the telly. You've got to be a certain age to remember that, right? That level of excitement. So we're going to be talking about that and also the fact that girls face more pressure than boys to be perfect. Also, we are going to be talking about defending your woman's honour. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that slap that Will Smith gave Chris Rock at the Oscars for insulting Jada. Okay, so first, let me introduce my panel for today. It is a media and marketing extraordinaire, Girat, and makeup artist and advocate for going grey gracefully, Haji. Hey, ladies. Hello. Are you ready for this power hour? We've got a lot to talk about, a lot to get our teeth into here. Uh, we do, we do. Okay, so first of all, have you watched Bridgerton yet, series two? Yes. Yes. Three episodes, yeah. I think I'm three or four episodes in. Oh, yeah. you? I think okay. I'm five episodes, yeah. Okay, all right. Because I started last I think- night and so I'm, I'm I'm kind of, I've almost finished the second episode, but then I was like, okay, you're not well, love. Just go to sleep. However, yeah. are you excited about the fact that the romantic lead is a South Asian woman? Absolutely. I was not even expecting this for Bridgerton. I, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh-huh. And the fact that she's the lead is just, uh, it's great. It's so nice to actually see that on such a popular show. Exactly, because Bridgerton's a big deal. Like, it mm. is a big deal, right? It's super popular. Um, what about you, Gilleth? You, you, do you feel the same? Was it like, yes, a brown woman? I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Because, you know, I'm into my whole arts, theatre, culture mm-hmm. thing. I think that's a big, you know, career thing for me. Um I, you know, even with the first series, we're introducing people of colour into lead roles. Yep. And that's a big deal in itself, isn't it? That, that this series yeah. is different because, you know, you have a black queen, you have like, you know, different races of people in this. It's a, it's a period drama. But it's about representation and misrepresentation for me. Um, I love a period drama, right? Because when you watch period drama here in the UK, we can identify with it because it's like, watching Asian families on TV, they're all marrying their cousins, they're doing that, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, you know, keeping up with your neighbours, what would people think? That whole thing Which we this identify is. with as a South Asian yeah. culture. Yes. But whether the representation, the, you, there's two ways of looking at it, coming from sort of an arts background and supporting actors and, you know, people wanting to break in, into TV and, and, and on the screen and in theatre and stuff is, is, do we go colorblind 
and allow people of any race to play any character? Or do we make sure the representation on the screen is accurate, which means there might be less opportunity for people of colour? I felt right. That, yeah, carry on, yeah. But I think in Bridgerton, personally, um, the representation, I think they've got away with it because the Queen is who she is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's a person of colour. Yep. And that whole thing about the Queen wanting to break that divide between society has been brought into Bridgerton really well. But it feels a little bit forced to me when I watch it. Okay. Um, and, you know, I'm not I'm not doubting the casting. The casting, the actors, everyone is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant. As a story, if it wasn't, you know, if it as a story, it's brilliant. You're hooked. You watch it. It's great. But in terms of representation, which is what we're talking about here, representation, I mean, I haven't, you haven't got to the third episode yet, have you? No. No spoilers. Okay. I'm going to, can I, can I, oh, can I give you a little spoiler? Because this is about representation. Okay, go on. She makes, she, talking about tea today, she goes on about Jar, right? How she doesn't like English tea. Yeah. And then you watch a character make a little bit of, you know, add some masala to her jar. I won't tell you how she does it. But when you watch it, you're like, that is not how you make Indian tea. Did she just throw throw a random leggy in it or something? (laughs) Even that's better because, you know, I do stuff like that. But even that would have been better than what I saw. And I'm like, that is not representation. You are going to have absolutely no flavour from your masala in your jar that way, woman. You do not know how to drink Indian tea. And whoever wrote that bit, whoever decided to do that bit, should not have shown jar made that way with masala, right? So representation matters. Get it right, you know? In 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 a way, I think it's absolutely hilarious that you have picked up on that. The jar, the jar was not made correctly. <laughs> How dare they? It's important. But, no, but, it is, but you know what? It's funny. But it is important. It is important because these because then you think, oh, okay, is it a white writer? You know, and it's so if, not though. It's one there, on the writing team. I think it's. I think there's only one Asian person on the team. Okay, and I'm not sure that helps though because that's one person's perspective, right? And how the girls in the in in it, the two sisters in it, mm-hmm. they speak Marathi and Hindi. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if this is correct. And I was look, trying to look this up just now as well because they call their father Appa. Yeah, I don't know. Is that correct? Uh, in- uh, I thought Appa was a South Indian thing, but I don't know. Maybe I, I don't, don't know. know. Maybe Appu Appu Appa. I don't, can't remember. Appa, they say Appa. Appa is a South Indian thing, I know for sure. Then maybe that's okay. Okay. But yeah, it's, I, I don't know. It's nice seeing brilliant South Asian women on the screen playing brilliant parts. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This might be what I'm saying. It's probably going to be an unpopular opinion because everybody loves to see, we all love to see brown women on screen, brown, especially brown women, but, you know, South Asian actors and actresses. And obviously a lot of my friends are. South Asian actors and yes. actresses and I understand the struggles of I totally understand the struggles of them getting parts I'm so for it it's something that's so close to my heart but then at the end of the day I, I also want the end product to be good yeah you've got to so do either it. we 
Yeah, either we suspend our disbelief and agree that we're just going to forget people's colour on screen, right? Which is something I'm able to do as well. I don't have an issue with that. But if you're actually going to represent, then represent properly and do your Asian thing properly. Make sure it is... I mean, if that's how I feel. I mean, I think they're definitely representing because... Obviously, their last name is Sharma, right? Yes, yeah, so yeah. That, yeah, that's why they have to make jar properly then, right? Mm. Especially yeah, when they but, go on about making jar properly in the whole thing. Yeah, but I don't know about you, but jar takes me a long time to make. Right? They, they ain't got time things. for that, mate. Wait, wait till you see, wait till you see how she makes it, because then you'll be like, what the hell is that? Yeah, but it, I mean, it does show, I mean, I know what you mean. It's not exactly right, but they do show a sieve in it, which is something that we tend to use, right, for Indian tea quite a lot. And also going back to the um, the period drama, I kind of get what you mean by it because I think when I watched it, I was really happy to see it. And then I thought, yeah, but you know, that time was different. Actually, this wasn't the way. But then I just thought, wouldn't everybody just be looking at this like, okay, this is just a really creative show. Like, of course, anyone who's watching it, surely they know at that time, anyone who's been through history, that was not what it was like, but they're just getting creative on screen, you know? Yes, because I even ch- with the music, it's like they'll play on violins, they'll play pop hit songs, won't they? Yeah. So there's some creative license it's going very, on, they're stylized. Bridgerton's very pop culture. and But the thing is, like, do we, as, as a community, do we allow representation of us to be undermined? Because it's pop culture, it's okay, we can get away with it. No, but it was just Indian tea. It was just a tea. It, no, it, I, okay, I've made an example of Indian tea. That's my point, right? I've just yeah. made an example of the point about Indian representation. If you're going to do it, do it properly. But it's not the the Indian tea. It's that as you watch it all, people of colour turn up everywhere and you know that's not how it was. And we know how people um, in that era were treated. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Right? So what you're watching isn't true representation is my point. But at the same time, so I, I am in two, like I'm in... I am very confused and how to feel. But if I take away how I feel and just watch it as a drama, it's absolutely fine. I really yeah. enjoy it. But yeah. if we're talking about representation, representation is like, does representation mean to us you just got to have more people of colour on screen? Or if you're representing their culture and their background on screen, do we make sure we represent it correctly? Or are we okay to misrepresent that? And that's my yeah. point. 100% like I think you know who I think does it quite well and it's not I'm not just saying this because I've just spoken to her but um, recently on the podcast uh, Bal Sopal Balvinder Sopal who plays Suki Panisar in EastEnders so she was on and we were chatting about the fact that she they drop Punjabi lines in every now and then and it's, it's their decision to do that you know um, and they okay with the writers and stuff but the fact that they are British Asian, you know, they'll, they'll won't be wearing Salvador Gamis. Their, their life is not just about crying about arranged marriages all the time. They're doing their thing. But then also they'll have things like, um, you know, when we have, we go for off source for the morning period and things, they'll, they showed that really nicely. Um, mm. You know, they'll be quite, uh, you know, respectful the way they show the turban and talk about it, that kind of thing. So I just, I think that, They've got it right because sometimes in EastEnders, I don't know. Do you remember the Ferrara family? I don't. Yeah. I don't know what they did with them, but they, I don't know what <laughs> I. It was very weird. I think they tried to whitewash them or something. I don't know. It was very bizarre what they did with that family, and it didn't really work. Whereas this family, you know, 
you know that they're Punjabi family and I think they're representing that really well, but it's not, it doesn't define them. Their culture doesn't define them. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, they're just part of British community, just like most of us yes. are, right? Yes, exactly. But we still get to bring in our own bits. We speak Punjabi, well, I, you know, I speak Punjabi all the time. So it's like, it's normal and it's just normal. And that's how you see it, really. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I noticed, though, and one thing I was I was going to ask you guys about is you see these two girls who are playing the Sharma sisters in Bridgerton. So they're played by Simone Ashley and uh, Charitra Chandra. I think that I pronounced that right, I think, um, South Indian girl. So Kate Sharma is played by Simone Ashley. She's the main character, right? So they are very, um, they, they don't, they're not the Eurocentric beauty standards okay so they're they're obviously darker skinned they're blatantly Indian you know and I wonder to myself like in Bollywood would they even cast these girls in a main role because I don't think they would because I they they still have got that thing in their heads of oh it needs to be like a very fair green-eyed woman in these roles somebody who's a little bit mixed race we don't even care if we dub them do you get what I'm saying would these two girls have even got a starring role in Bollywood romantic dramas? I think, you know, first of all, I don't watch a lot of Bollywood movies. So, I mean, from when I did, mm-hmm. I was actually thinking about this last night. I forgot the name of the of the lady who, she was in, in the movie Race and she's quite dark. Bipasha. Bipasha. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it was so Stunning. lovely. Yeah. And I just thought, what a great representation. It's so nice to see her. In, in in these kind of movies yep. and to see that it's refreshing but this is what I find um I find that basically it's a real shame because I find in Bollywood movies they don't represent darker skinned Asian women enough and I feel like when it comes to here they don't represent fairer skinned <laughs> Asian women enough you know the amount of um how many I can't even tell you I think nearly Every um, white person that I meet and I have told them that I'm Indian, they're like, oh, you're Indian. Oh, we thought you were Iranian. We thought you were, you know, from somewhere uh-huh. else. And I'm like, yeah, you know, well, I, you know, it's just the color of your skin. And I was like, yeah, but we're not all dark skin. Like, you know, India's huge. It's vast. So yep. that's what I find of it. And when I was watching Bridgerton, I loved, like I said, I, I loved, I loved the fact that they did have two Indian looking women, but I did think to myself, but not all Indian women are that dark. Like, you know, there are different kinds of skin tones and skin colors. And I think that's what I think to myself when I watch it. So it's just trying to find it's that. It's funny, isn't it? Because like you said, the uh, subcontinent of South Asia, there are so many different people that people that look mm. like they might be from China, but they're not, they're Indian, you know, people that look that have the darkest skin ever you know people that look like they're Iranian as well every you know it's so many it's like a melting pot of different things so it's hard to get it right but then I think I'm saying with Bollywood there's literally just they just concentrate on that North Indian and not even everyone in North India even looks like that but you know what I mean they just concentrate on that kind of uh, version of beauty and even South India like the South Indian films you think oh okay South Indian some of them have a bit darker skin tone South Indian films will bring in a white girl a lot of the time or North Indians and then dub them. It's not even yeah, representative of the actual community, which is which is heartbreaking for people that are watching it, like girls who are darker skinned and they think, is that what we have to look like? So that's what I'm like, okay, you know what? These are two beautiful girls in Bridgerton um, of South Indian descent. They look amazing. They've got a darker skin. They're in, a, uh, in leading roles and I'm, I'm here for it. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with them, but Haji, why I wanted like you to take that question in that sense was that, um, you know, being a makeup artist and working with women and, you know, having conversations with them possibly about their skin tone. I know on, on I have a lot of networks, that some of the networks that I work in, a lot of brown women are still talking about their skin tone and how they've been rejected. And there's a lot younger than me. Some of them are 10, 12 years younger than sort of us. And they're still talking about how they feel insecure about being darker. And I find that really, really sad being British born mm. women. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of that, I think they represent in brown women because, well, they're brown, I guess. But I don't think there are that many, there are lots of fairer skin. I'm thinking people like Shivani Guy and other actresses who aren't that dark skinned Asian. But I was thinking of Bollywood as I was watching this, as knowing that we were going to talk about this. And I was like, if you, did the whole flip things over in terms of representation again, you wouldn't expect a white woman to be playing the role in the bind ever. Yeah. No. Sitting but that, there yeah. making rotia and think that's normal and think that's okay back in whatever times, because they'd be living in whatever and our bind ladies would be the brown women in the bind. They'd be living in their British, whatever, you know, not as not, not British Empire was as far as back, that, back as that, but you know what I mean. But you wouldn't do that. And if I was to watch that on screen, I'd be like, I, I'd be shaking my head. I know. But, I was thinking yeah. of it that way around. Like, you know, if you, we're doing that here in the UK. If you're watching film from another country and look at, you know, people from there and watching their films, you wouldn't expect to see that. And you wouldn't want to see that. Why would you want to see it here? That's why mm. representation matters, right? Well, yeah, but then remember, as we're saying, that Bridgerton is one of these shows where you can get away with it because it's such a melting pot of everybody and there's stylized bits thrown in. And, you know, it's, I just think it's, and, and also you, it's one of these sh uh, shows that you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit, I think. Everything you do, though, everything you watch on screen, you do have to suspend your disbelief because yeah. that's never real life. Right? Yes, but some more than others and than just others, get yeah. swept along with it. I mean, some people I know hate Bridge and they're like, oh God, I can't get into it. I was a bit like, I ignored it for ages, series one. I was like, oh, what? And then I think when I got COVID <laughs> last, at the end of last year, I was just lying there. I was like, oh, I'll give this a go. Oh my God. I literally couldn't stop watching it. And then I was like, I had to watch it like really late at night because obviously like it turns into a porno, doesn't it? The first one. <laughs> and and then I it was watched all the first one yeah I've only watched a couple of episodes of I mean I'm not gonna lie I I think I carried on watching it because of the main guy because you know what I'm so he... many did Rita so many and did. I didn't think I would because I'd seen him I I knew what he looked like I don't know what it is you know when when certain actors play certain characters and then you're just like I can't take my eyes off this screen now <laughs> somebody has to get me away from the tv and put me to bed because I can't take my eyes off the screen so it became a little bit like that but um Just anyway you did, do that for you did he come and get you no. <laughs> I'm still there like when he woke up in the morning I was still there <laughs> I think also Bridgerton I mean I don't know about you but I found it quite Bollywood like you know yes. the whole romanticized kind of feeling and like how it all was 
I found it very Bollywood. Like that, this is why I think we were so drawn to it and maybe enjoyed watching it. It's because that's what we know from our Bollywood movies. And, you know, I, it was almost like how I remember feeling when I watched like DDLJ with Shah Rukh Khan and, mm. uh, and Gajal and then, you know, the other movies that he did also with Gajal. It's just, yeah, I think it was that whole romantic feeling, that build up of love and yep. not expressing it and whether it... But that, is, but that is what I was saying, that period drama. Like, I love period drama just for that reason. As, as a, you know, South Asian culture-wise, you go back a few hundred years here in Britain. You know, it was what we still understand our culture to be. Well, like, hello, exactly. It's, it's like, oh my yeah, God, this is a love one. match. You're Do you want a love match? You know? So you know, Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. You watch it and you're like, oh my God, I've got to marry the five daughters off. Yeah. You know, all that whole thing, you know. That is what it was about. Marrying well, all that. Yes. Who are. Um, not being able to speak to boys, they have to make the move. That that whole thing. You play hard to get. Our cultures like are, yeah, <laughs> that is our whole. That is our whole culture, and that's why I've always enjoyed watching period drama because I can identify with it as a South Asian woman. Yeah. Did I need brown people in it? Probably not. You know. Yeah. Um. I'm just Today, thinking. It's that thing for me. Like growing up, you know, there weren't that many people on tv like in the starring roles and it it was a a big deal who was there people that you identified with on screen growing up because for me when I saw goodness gracious me I was like yes this is hilarious I get all of this you know it's I, I just loved it I think for me I don't know coming from that arts and culture thing again I think it was just a crowd that I grew up with um on my doorstep and I think I've spoken about them so many times online and and talked about them in so many interviews and things that I've done but it was just a crowd that I knew and my parents or Niran like the um Hadeel, mm-hmm. Jenna I mean they, it wasn't identified with them on screen I just identified with them people trying to break barriers and trying to put themselves out there and do that kind of work um and well, you know that's from when I was at school though you know we're talking about me from like a, yeah from about 12 13 um that's when when I wanted to act and that's when I don't know Rena you remember when I was saying to you like I've got a chance to be in and you're like Beckham and mm-hmm. but it was about you know unfortunately incidents happen and I was like no I'm not going to do that to be in the film um and yeah I mean I'd rather have a presentation of us as British women growing up in Britain. Yeah. As we have. <clears throat> and I, I can't, I feel like I can't comment on representation in that period too much because I didn't live in it then. And I wouldn't want it to be inaccurate. You know, women of colour suffered at that time. And here we are showing them being all lardy dardy kind of thing. You know, our women struggled. People struggled. People of colour struggled in this country at that time. And that wasn't the point. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've so my feelings about it generally are really confused. But put all that chaos inside my head aside, I can enjoy it as a drama. If I'm to sit there and be critical of it, that's how I feel about representation in it. Mm. Hadji, what about you? Because I don't know if you grew up watching Bollywood and did you identify more with, with that, with the Indian women in India? And and do you still? Because, you know, India's 
churning out some really good stuff it films and also these um, drama series you know the fame game bombay begums uh, four more shots that kind of thing but do you identify with that i you know what i i don't it's and it's really bad cuz I, I i did you I, ever I actually don't no did I you ever at any point no like, not when it... it comes to um like asians being on british tv i didn't not on but, british tv yeah yeah but, but bollywood oh my god like we were bollywood was shoved down our mouths you know we it was three of us years gap between me and my sisters at that time you could get from around the corner shop you could get three films for the price of 1 pound basically yeah <laughs> and that's what my mom would do she would get them throughout the holidays and we would like i only know how to speak hindi because of bollywood movies yes, i haven't been taught it in any other way i only know it because it's uh, because it's what we saw growing up <clears throat> so i mean in that way yeah but i honestly feel like in that way it also messed me and my sisters up completely because of how they portray the woman every time in these movies it's always like you play hard to get it's always going to be a struggle to find that love and you know it it's and and once you find that one love you're going to stay with that one love and i honestly feel like we grew up being conditioned in that way that that's how it's going to be that the guy that we're going to be with is going to be like some hero or something as you know dysfunctional as that sounds i mean as kids when you think about it you're growing up on this stuff from like the age of 5 you know that is what you believe okay this is what life is like so i was so numb and close to what was actually going on in the world that i thought that is actually what real life should be like what's going on in these movies so two points about what you've just said one you just love bridgerton which is exactly that right <laughs> so which is exactly that but two but that's my point about um the guys that i looked up to parvner and then that that whole hack and you know obviously goodness gracious me came through that movement as well from though that crowd um here down here in west london but my point there was until i think when we were around uni time rena you know when madonna did her frozen video with her mendy and everyone was wearing bindis and everything before that we were forging a british asian culture and then suddenly bollywood became fashionable mm-hmm. and we were all classed as bollywood and i'm like we're not bollywood and so i think if bollywood that bollywood bollywood moment hadn't happened where the whole world was celebrating being indian by putting mendy on and you know suddenly being indian was fashionable being south asian was fashionable um i think we would have seen a breakthrough in uk british culture of a south asian culture that was the asian underground movement that was what it was before it got hijacked by like, you know what like you you know i did really like goodness gracious me I'm, it was funny i didn't look at them as in like i was sitting there thinking oh this is so uh, i'm so proud they're indian and they're up there and they're doing this and they were genuinely funny you know it, like they 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 really were but i think for me it was more when apache indian had his had his hair and that was when i was like i am so proud to be punjabi and indian and oh my god yes apache learned all the words to his song and that was when i actually felt really proud to see somebody like on tv doing something it was when i saw apache indian on top of the pops doing his thing i was like yes mm. i love him really cool <laughs> i mean that was that i can identify with that it was a big deal wasn't it that was a big deal mm. i i went to see him in hmv in Coventry when he came to like sign stuff and I went and queued up wow. as a school kid in HMV <laughs> because I was so excited but this is the thing it's like you know we've uh, you said as well Haji that those kind of indian dramas are coming out which are brilliant 
we're not that. We can identify with some of it and the woman's struggle level and depending on how much you go to India or, you know, however much that culture is a part of you. But I think, you know, we are different here in, in, in Britain as Asians. And, and yes, you know, I agree. We need more stuff that represents us, definitely. Um, but I just... I and wanna, you know, can yeah. I just say, when we see, like, like black people on TV as well, right? It's, they're not always there representing their culture, like what it's like in Jamaica, in Africa, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. It is just about making it normal to see that colour of skin and those people from that background there. That's it. And I think when I looked at Bridgerton, that's kind of how I looked at it. Yes. Even though I looked at the, thought about the mm-hmm. previous drama, I just saw it like... The visibility. You know just two Indian-looking actresses, actors on TV. You know, they've got brown skin, um, yeah, they are supposed to be Indians there also, but you know, um, it's about visibility, like you visibility. just said, seeing it, just visually seeing that it is normal. Yeah, because that speaks volumes as well. I think rather than, oh, I'm going to give everybody an education about my culture. I I do think that there's two there's two ways. You know, so I'm just oh. going to move on now to the next thing, which is pressure on girls to be perfect. So. Apparently, teenage girls sleep and exercise less than boys, and they're three times likely to report struggling with their mental health, according to a new study. Now, um, you know, a lot of young people worked with academics to kind of answer loads of questions about this kind of thing. And, you know, it just came out that basically it's girls have this pressure on them to be perfect. You know, they're they're, um, three times as likely to report serious emotional difficulties. Um, you know, one of one of the people interviewed said this, and I, I think this speaks volumes. Um, I think a lot of it today is about looking good for other people, being who other people expect you to be, the perfect girl, especially today when lots of people are questioning who they are and their identity. Um, you know, and, and then social media use was higher among girls. Um, they don't get enough sleep as boys, that kind of thing. Now, as a South Asian girl, I I think that, that there's another level to this kind of thing um definitely for me growing up you know i i think i was kind of trained to people please i don't know about you guys did you experience that as well absolutely yeah and i to make the job i gotta do that you know dad went to someone's house i didn't know them dad would always say get up and go in the kitchen and help <laughs> you know that's about even if they were a stranger and didn't know them let's go yeah we're the same okay so is there anything wrong with it though? Like I'm just being devil's advocate here. This whole thing, we're taught to look after our elders, we're taught to look after our siblings, we're taught to look after guests and make food and all this kind of thing to be nurturing. Is is it a nice thing to do or are we just being trained into thinking about others and not ourselves and having a lack of boundaries when we get older? I think um, people pleasing for the right reason. Yeah, there's, 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 reasons you want to please somebody if somebody cares about you looked after you part of your family means something to you of course you want to make them happy right but pleasing them to get into their good books or pleasing them to make a point to other people you know so you look like something yeah is a different matter altogether um yeah i mean people pleasing to prove yourself to people or to you know is 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 a is unhealthy because that's when you're not yourself if you're genuinely pleasing you know doing something nice for somebody because you want to and that is what you want Mm. to do 
if you want to make someone happy, if you want to make someone stay, if you want to do something for them or take them somewhere or help them because you want to, that's fine. You're not going out of your way to please them. You're doing what also makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And other people might see that as people pleasing sometimes, but you know why you're doing it. As long as you know why you're doing it, I think. But yeah, yeah we are conditioned to you get up, do this, you know, you've got to look this, and, but you don't have to. How do you, what do you don't think? Do you think yeah. is, they, these I mean, are nice things to do or is it like a, does it end up in a complete lack of boundaries? I think there has to be a balance. Um, I, I remember, I recall, with uh, like you, Keeks, going to somebody else's house. My dad would be like, go and help out, get into the kitchen. I mean, we'd fly out to Canada. We would only see them once a year. And the next morning we would wake up, my dad would be like, go in the kitchen and help your mummy out. And it's like, my God, can't we just have a whole different change? Because we do this at home anyway. Every weekend we wake up, we have to clean this bloody house. Just let us have a break from something, right? But no, I wasn't having it. A family holiday like that is never a holiday, right? No, it's so. never a holiday, you know. And, um, and I, you know, with, 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 with that, with my, I remember my mum, like when people would come over, which I get, you know, she would be like, look, when people come over, um, I don't want to just sit there in awkward silence. Make sure you're talking, you know, keep the conversation going. So this is me and my sisters. Now all three of us had pressure that we basically have to perform like circus clowns or something, circus monkeys. So constantly keep the conversation. Even if the person's older than us, it was our responsibility to keep the conversation going. And then when we would go to someone else's house, it would still be our responsibility to keep the conversation going. And I just think what no you know now when I'm older I just think to myself that's a lot of pressure you know the fact that you have to be like almost like an entertainer wherever you go yeah if someone comes to you you go to someone you're the one that has to keep the conversation going and it's like no that's not how it should be you know thanks to TikTok we know a lot better nowadays you know <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my dad's thing was um we sitting there and suddenly I was like would be like oh get it get my job do a shabbat I'm like that's literally my whole whoa, life. We had to actually whoa, 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 perform whoa, whoa, whoa. songs and dances. Perform, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And get up like this. Come on. Just she like knows that. singing. She that. can play the guitar. She can do Bharatanatyam. Share everybody. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> that makes me laugh. Yeah. So so and 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 you know we were taught to be like, oh, you need to know how to cook because when people came round, we actually cooked the meals a lot of the time. You know, and it would be a great source of pride for my parents to be like. Isn't this really delicious? Yeah, you know, yeah, cooked it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, literally. And it was so funny because like I was more talkative than my middle sister and because we were similar in age and we used to make things and she used to make really nice food. And then because I was more ch- chatty, like, oh, do you like the food? They were like, oh, you've done a really good job, Rena, making this. And I, nobody would know that she made it. Like literally people would be praising me. <laughs> but, you know, that whole thing is they can cook, they can sing, they can dance. They're doing an education. It was like you've got to be all these things it was competitive wasn't it you had to be better yeah. than other people's kids and your cousins and everything and there was that pressure and I don't I don't know if you remember coming to uni to get did you come with us to uni to get our results when we the results came out uh, we, uh yeah I think, yeah 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 I think so. I, I couldn't look at the board because all every all my cousins that year so I have cousins my age had literally had just got their results before me and it was, and I was the only one that had moved out and that pressure on me. And, you know, we used to party hard. Well, I used to party hard, but. We did. We did. Yeah. Yeah. But not just party hard. We used to do everything possible that like, used to come our way. We used to do everything. And um, I just could not look at the board 
to see what I got because if I got anything less than what my other cousins got it was the end of my life I remember when like one of you I think it was Karuna who, who like looked at them and she came down, down to me the stairs of the main building that we used to have and I was sitting on the stairs she gave me a result and I was just like burst into tears of like relief it was that much pressure yeah you know it, it, it can be a lot of pressure but then flipping this whole thing in the head um, I went to a girls school and I chose to go to a girls school and in that girls school I didn't feel any pressure because I was just myself and I was able to be myself and sixth form was mixed as we did um consortium we used to go to the boys school as well and boys in the class were disruptive I would rather have been in a class full of girls than that because I would have got so much more done um but yeah it, the girl my, my school felt like second home to me literally I could you know it I was so comfortable there and I didn't care what other girls thought of me. I wore what I wanted to, I dressed how I spoke, how I wanted to. Um, South Asian girls, brown girls were kind of, it was a weird one for me because I had friends in that all kinds of friends. As you guys know that I don't <laughs> yeah. really have like, I'm brown girl, I've got to hang around with brown girls. But then I had brown girls that I used to hang around with. One of them's now my next door neighbor. Um, but, you know, it, it was that kind of thing because I was quite happy being a Punjabi Sikh girl. I, remember I used to sing in assembly, but that wasn't done for a brown girl. Like, you know, like assembly. But then I also sang in Punjabi in assembly. In, you know, and some of the brown girls would snigger kind of thing. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm true to myself and I was happy about it. But the thing is, I think had that been a mixed school, I wouldn't have been able to probably do that. Um, I just felt very comfortable like I think I was less conscious of myself being in a girls school mm. Do you um, know what, culturally I wonder actually with the way that our parents were and how we had to be if a lot of it was actually stemmed from the fact of uh, getting rich there in the future that's it exactly right? you want to prime us get us ready because obviously in their head when we were younger arranged marriage is what the part is the path that they probably thought for any of us yeah um as it was back in that generation so a lot of it probably actually had to do with that right so yeah. one day love other families will see this and be like talk on oh this is what you're back to bridgerton do, right yeah that's what they're doing literally everything you can you play piano you know yes, i can speak this yeah. many languages and it was literally like that like oh yeah. she can do this you know she can do that you know <laughs> so, and i used to be like yeah but i dance on tables sometimes you know that even in family you know Occasionally yeah. have to be forced to see somebody. <laughs> but yeah, I, I used to actually say stuff like that. And then for a guy to then go, oh, oh, you'll change. Like, I'd rather you dance on the table with me, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like that kind of, um, you know, I know how I've got to behave, but you got to know that's that's the inner me. I'm a bit of a, you know, in my safe environment. Because mm. I won't do that everywhere, obviously. But in my safe environment, my family know how crazy I am. But thing is, they know also I'll do it within family and we have a laugh. That's it, you know. But I want, I'd want to be with somebody who has a sense of humour, <laughs> like a crazy sense of humour. <laughs> um, he doesn't mind <clears throat> being an idiot on the dance floor, you know. But it's those kinds of things that people 
don't try to match you with you know I, i mean i do want to talk about guys for a minute this whole pressure thing that we've been talking about on girls and 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 this is you know in this study they don't they don't um say what uh cultural background these girls are from i'm just putting our spin on it as south asian women right but then boys boys in general i mean do you think that they are just let off lightly with this whole thing like are they more have they got more freedom to be themselves oh don't worry he's just being silly boys will be boys that kind of thing he'll learn why is it different like that is it and is it still do you think culturally i think it was more because back in the day it was just assumed that the boy's gonna be at home so he's got the security of family the household and you know um and he'll find something he'll be able to support his wife when it when it happens i guess i think personally i think it was more because of the fact that women were seen as they will be supported men were seen as supporters and you're right I do feel like they'd got off a lot more lighter but I think that that was only because the assumption was well he's got this house he's living here and it's going to be absolutely fine but I think it's changing now I definitely believe it's changing now I see how different um, friends of mine now who got married way before I did had kids way before I did and they have exactly the same pressure on the boys as they put on the girls about being able to stand on your own two feet and you've got to get out there, make something of yourself, support yourself, support your future family, whatever it is. I think the whole, um, the way that we think, the way that, that generation thinks now is different. I think let's not pretend boys generally have always had it easier, regardless of what colour, what race, mm, what anything yeah. you are. Boys have generally always had it easier. Mm. And I think going from, I mean, it was my choice to go to a single sex school, shock horror. My, most, most people might think you know my parents wanted me to go to a big school I actually wanted to go to a single sex school that was my thing that I wanted to go there studies have proven girls work better in themselves and the thing is you're going through puberty you're going to add a, you know get a period um how do you you know like as girls you can do all of that together and talk openly in a you know we used to have whole sessions in a room in science and biology sometimes where the whole lesson would just be like us talking about our feelings about having a period but nothing to do with science whatsoever in that sense. But it was like almost like a personal social education PSE lesson that we used to have back then, which is now whatever it is. But um, you couldn't do that with boys in the class. No. And I, th- I think for as, as women, young women growing up at that age, it was a very, like I said, very safe environment. But what I did find is when we went to, when we had the mixed lessons with boys in the lessons, especially over at the boys' school, you'd find the guys would suddenly, like, we had to work harder, right? We, we had a, you know, like you're saying, we have to, the guys had it easy and they don't understand how easy they have it. And I remember going to our first economics lesson and we had to call out, the teacher made us call out our GCSE grades. And it was like six, I think seven girls in the class. And it was like the rest of them were all boys and were like 18 or 19 of us. We had to call out our grades and the girls' grades were generally way higher than the boys. And the boys kept going, what the hell? What the, you know, every time we did that. And they, some of them were really, really bright. I'm not even like saying they were dumb or anything. They weren't. They were really, really, <laughs> clever. it's just their ethic, their outlook was very chilled, really laid back. In a way, I, I think that women could do with actually taking a little bit of the kind of laid back attitude of men now I know that we are wired differently and I know that you know unfortunately for girls they start having the periods and stuff 
hormonally they're different from boys you know it's it's very difficult um but i think sometimes as women i just i do think that we need to take that uh, laid back attitude from guys not have a million things going in on in our heads all the time trying to do everything to everybody because guys generally don't you know and 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 bless them i actually love them for it because sometimes that's why when you talk to guys it's nice because i don't know sometimes they're a little bit more straightforward do you get what i mean do you agree with what i'm saying yeah but that's why i love being in a girls school because i think having the boys there would have added an extra lot of pressure like impressing guys mm. you know you're that eight the hormones all over the place yeah yeah and if you have that extra layer of pressure we're like you fact i mean the, just to have we had to make sixth form and the sixth form guys i mean the things that girls used to do like if any of them are going to listen to this you know who you are <laughs> um climb on the windows and scream at the boys as they're walking past to the sixth form common room right stuff like that it, it was like i used to feel really sorry for the guys that used to come into the girls school um yeah they were harassed they went I'm sure they loved it as well because it meant their so ears. I, the next topic I want to go on to <laughs> is about, well, depending on which way you look at it, is it about male ego? So this whole thing of, um, so we're recording this Monday. We're gonna, I'm going to put this out uh, two days later on Wednesday. But the Oscars took place, right? Just took place last night. And so um, Will Smith, he, he won an Oscar. Brilliant for his role in King Richard. But what also happened was that Chris Rock... Uh, who was hosting, he um, made a joke about Jada, about the fact, something about uh, G.I. Joe, you, we're waiting for the next movie of G.I. Joe because Jada has a shaved head. Now she suffers from alopecia. So Will Smith got up and basically went to the stage and slapped him. I think it was more slap than a punch, right? It looked like more of a slap than a punch. More of and, a slap, yeah. yeah. And then sat back down. So Chris Rock, he's... <laughs> Uh, he's like whoa he took it very well and then so will smith then shouts uh keep my wife what do you say keep my wife's name out keep of your mouth keep my fucking out, name yeah. yeah keep my wife's yeah, fucking name out of your that's no no that's fine keep my wife's fucking name out of your mouth he shouted it a couple of times Twice, and yeah. yeah exactly and so chris rock was he you know he made a joke out of it oh will smith just slapped the shit out of me and you know this is the greatest night in tv history or whatever but that whole thing of him doing that and the the fact that was that he he was shown to laugh at it first but when you saw Jada's face she did not find that funny i don't know maybe he looked at his wife's face he thought oh shit i better do something how do you think the what do you feel about the way that he handled this whole thing haji what do you think I want to let Keeks go first because I am so angry by this. I can't even tell you how mad I feel about this. He like who are you angry at? Who are you Will angry Smith? at? He has pissed me right off. I am like, I'm so angry at him. Look, I get the whole um defending your woman, right? I get that, you know. Um, mate, you found it funny until you saw her face. So you laughed, right? So if anything, you're the one that needs a slap in the face, right? Because <laughs> I feel like for him, he's like coming from a, he's coming from a lot of shit at the moment, you know, with what happened, the trouble between him and Jada, the entanglement issues, everyone's seen Will Smith as like this kind of little worse and, you know, you're not really doing anything, man up, man up, whatever. He's heard it for so long, right? And I think what 
Personally, I think he felt there was a disconnect. And his, he, I think straight away, his reaction to that disconnect, as in, I laughed, my wife didn't find that funny. Oh, shit. She's going to see that I laughed. And I, you know, I wasn't on par with her. I should have been just as offended as she was. And then he gets up and goes and does it to Chris Rock of all people. And I could, there were so many things I'm angry about. A, the fact that you laughed anyway. B, you could have had a chat with that guy afterwards, because I'm sure you guys are on that level. And, and C, I wonder if it was Ricky Gervais up there, or if it was anyone like, let's say even Dwayne The Rock Johnson, would you have got up off your seat and gone and slapped them one? I don't think he would have done that. You'd done that to Chris Rock because... He's tend he he you tend to see him. People tend to see him as a nicer guy. You know, he's very happy, go lucky, friendly. Almost, I don't want to say it, but weaker than what Will Smith might yeah. be if you looked at them as men, as in their <clears throat> egos and their strength or whatever. So I feel, oh my god, I felt so angry. I felt for Chris Rock so much. I just thought, no, like you know what? Anyone could have done that joke, but you only got up and slapped him because you could. You wouldn't have done that too if it was Ricky Gervais up there. No way. I would. I could. I could not see that happening, and that's what pissed me off a lot. Uh, some people, Chris Rock. Some people think that it was staged. Now, I, I, they're actors. No they are way. both. They, they are both no, actors. But, at, but you can see it from Chris Rock. You can see it's not staged because you can see. I could. I could feel his heart beating. They've far. confirmed it's like not. That. Literally, before they? we came on, oh, okay. I did check. They've confirmed it wasn't staged. Yeah, you can see, I, I could see it with Chris Rock, you, just from his reaction and his response and the way that even Will Smith says, keep my wife's fucking, you, I don't know. I just, I looked at it and I was like, there's no way that's staged. No, no, no. It was no. really uncomfortable that, like to yeah. see Will Smith like that. I know you're not supposed to be like, ha, ha, ha all the time. It was really uncomfortable to see that. And, you know, it, I, I mean, I, I kind of went off Will Smith and Jada a while ago. Like, I don't hate him or anything. But, you know, like back in the day, it was like, oh, my God, Will Smith and Jada, couple goals, blah, blah, blah. That was how it was for ages. And then they got a bit weird. And it's like, have they got an open marriage? Then this whole entanglement thing came out. And it was like, oh, my God, you guys are a bit weird. And you kind of lost a little bit of respect for them. Right. But I mean, I did. And and then and also it was a lesson in not putting celebrities on this pedestal, because I think that we a lot of people do and we shouldn't do that. You know, we shouldn't put celebrities on this pedestal. They mm. are the perfect people. They're Great. just people at the end of the day. And this really shows it. And this, whatever's happened between Will Smith and Jada has shown they're just people. It, no one's got some perfect marriage. But I did feel a bit like people do look up to you, Will Smith. You know, you've had this book out. You know, you're doing well. Obviously, then he was awarded an Oscar straight after this whole slap in the face thing. Um so he's doing well and people do look up to him. I don't know. I just felt a bit like, nah, I don't think he should have dealt with it in that way. I don't think anyone condones the way that he dealt with it. I don't think Some people, I mean, he apologised. But no, it's not condoning the way. I think. Well, he apologised to the Academy. He didn't apologise to Chris Rock. Yeah, he fair enough. I'm still, I, for me, for me, this is still, this is really fresh. <clears throat> And I don't know how I feel like so. We, you, when you sent the link through to say you want to talk about this, and I went down, switched the TV on, watched the news, read everything so far because obviously this is still it's, loads of yes, people it's still all unfolding, don't even know isn't about it? This yeah. as we're talking, yeah, no, so many people don't even know about this as, as we're talking because they've got up and gone straight to work mm -hmm. and not, you know. But I don't condone violence in any way, but. 
if we talk about feelings here, I don't know. I mean, how I feel about a man standing up and defending me for me in that manner. Um, I've had it before where partners gone out and tried to get arsey and with somebody else, you're like, just calm down. It's all right. I got, you know, I can handle it rather than go out and <coughs> cause a scene. Um, I don't know. I feel really torn and confused and it shouldn't, that situation shouldn't have happened. Um, how Will feels about stuff, how Jada feels about stuff. I don't know. I just, I'm, yeah, I'm still processing this because some women would love it. Yeah, they would. Some, some women them, would right? be like, some women, is that all you did? A slap? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> some, they would say so that. For me, I've, I mean, I've had it, I've, I've had a situation where um, I've been out with a partner and one of his friends who's engaged to somebody else has asked me for a one night stand. My partner did nothing. Okay. So your partner knew about it at that time? So I then told my, yeah. And then I went and told my partner this is what's happened. I, did, I didn't cause the scene because that's not the kind of person I am, but I went and told my partner thinking he's going to do something about it. Nothing. And actually stayed friends with this person, kind of not friends, but had words, friendly words. Okay. And see, other people in our friend circle yeah. were then going, oh my God, you should have told us we would have done, we would have kicked the guy's head in there. But that for me was the most offensive thing ever that's probably happened to me when I have a partner. That is offensive. Someone it is offensive. That's extremely, I was really upset and I'm like, I'm getting a bit emotional now thinking about it. And at that point, if he had in public thumped that guy, I would have had no issues. Okay. But, right, at that point, yeah, yeah. that's, do you see what I mean? There's levels of it. I, I mean, that's, me, that's another extreme. It. It's a it's a complete other extreme that somebody would say to your uh, woman, I would, can I have a one night stand with you? And then you knew about it, you did nothing. That's another, ex that's a complete opposite yeah, extreme to what I Will would, Smith Do you know did. something? I know, I'd know that if my partner had thumped him, it'd be wrong, but I'd be like, do you know something? You should feel like that, mate. <laughs> you know, if he is that same, you know, it's that thing. And but so that's why I feel really torn because in that situation, when I saw this, comes into my head. But the thing is, the situation was different. But it's still about the same kind of issues about someone disrespecting your woman. So is there a point when yeah. it's okay or not? You know, it's like I feel really torn because that, that when it, that happened to me. I was like, you should have thumped him. You should have, you should have like, you know, that I was like that. And I probably still feel like that if somebody did that to me, like, what the hell? You know, you didn't act. But there have been other occasions when a partner's been like jumped in before, like, I can handle myself, mate. Let me handle it. I'll tell you when to jump in. I've done that too. So I, I actually, when it comes to like, as a woman in that situation, I don't know where I stand because I feel really confused because there's like, I felt like with me, there's levels. It's well, like because I'm a tough woman. It is, yeah. Because I'm I'm a strong woman. I would like I can handle my own battles. Let me. I don't need your help. I will I will signal to you. I will indicate to you when I need help. But there should be a point where you know this is definitely wrong and you need to step in yourself. I didn't need to do that. You know, it, it's that kind of thing. And it's and I don't. I wouldn't want to think that I'd be giving a man mixed signals for what I'm saying right now. But I would hope that a man would a man that I'm with would know. 
okay, that's he's overstepped a mark. Or do you know? I mean, I don't like. I don't know if I agree with you. Hurt. Like, okay, fine. He laughed. Maybe he thought Jada would have thought that was okay because she's heard it all before, or something like that. Or there must have been jokes about her hair at some point at home, and, and it's okay. But he's turned around and he's seen her upset. Is that a good thing or a bad thing that he's actually gone? Do you know something? She's not okay. We've been okay talking about it at home and she's been okay, but she's out here and I didn't realise how uncomfortable she felt. And then he's immediately responded because he felt uncomfortable for her. No, but, I you know, know, we don't know what's key. going on. At, we don't know. know. I feel like it was more... We don't know what's going on at home. I think he basically... You're right, we don't know. But I reckon for him, it was more about the fact that he laughed. And I felt like he didn't know how to cover himself. Oh, see, I don't know no that. Way, I don't I feel like that. I feel like there's no way you can now stop laughing because you've already laughed. It's been, you know, you, it, had he been on par with her and known how delicate and sensitive this issue was, I reckon if Chris Rock had said something like that and Will Smith hadn't laughed and they both just sat there with straight faces, I reckon that would have given the message. I don't think he would have got up. I think he got out, A, because he laughed, and B, because he could with Chris Rock. I don't but know. How many, but how many with. people, how many people when somebody makes a joke but laugh their, <laughs> their laugh uncomfortably? Like, you know, he's a, you know, he you know, he makes jokes. He man. I'm telling you, I've watched this so many times. No, like, that's fine. But that's fine. But, but, but this is my point is this, like, he, fine, he misjudged the situation. He turned around and he still did something about it. And I don't, I don't necessarily always think it's about his own guilt or whatever. He might have totally felt, you know something, she's unhappy. I don't care. I might have been okay with it, but she's not. And that's it. I'm going to do something about it. I don't. That wasn't the way to do it. That wasn't. I'm not saying, but I'm not saying for him in his position that that, I'm not condoning the violence. I'm not whatever saying that that was the way to do it for who he is and where he was and all that kind of stuff. But is it good that he still recognized it? Yeah. So if he did recognize it, that's fine. That's good. I mean, you're saying, you know, you're you're saying it's his guilt. yeah, I mean, whether he misjudged it, yeah, he laughed, saw her, and just thought, oh, shit, this isn't funny. Okay, now I need to do something about it. But getting up on stage and hitting Chris Rock, Chris Rock of all comedians. Okay. No, man. Yeah, but so there you go. But you, I'm, oh. I'm, I don't have a favourite out of anybody here, right? I'm not the biggest fan of Jada I didn't have a favourite either. either, honestly, until it happened. Until <laughs> it happened. You know, because yeah, I, I love Will Smith, because I love Will Smith. And I think even if it had been the other way around, if I just saw one man get up and hit somebody who I see is A, as a little bit of a weaker man, and, and B, someone who's very usually just a very light hearted kind of guy. That's what we see. But he, but, but his, I don't see his him comedy. Really. I don't see Chris Rock as weak. Physically, uh, physically he's, yeah. he's, he looks weak. He's a smaller yeah. man yeah. than Will Smith. But Chris Rock's comedy is very controversial. He will say anything. Yeah. Most comedians, you know, you can't... Comedy doesn't have to be this family-friendly Disney kind of comedy. You know, that's what they do. They say all kinds of shit mm. at these award ceremonies mm. because they're trying to be, you know, very edgy and stuff. And that's what he does. So I I think... It, this is you know, that, I, I don't think we could be like, oh my God, but you said something about alopecia. That's just so like, oh, you've gone too far. He says worse stuff about people. Do you know what I mean? But yes, it's not nice. When you know, people are suffering what they're going through, well, we don't it. know. And this is the thing generally. To, I think it comes down to Will Smith's mental health at the moment. I think that's what it comes down to. And I don't think it's just what happened. I think it's a backlog of the shit that's been happening, to be honest, Probably. with him in his life. Probably is, Jada, yeah. His relationship. And then he took it out on Chris. But it's also, I mean, you're, you're just focusing just on him. It might be something to do with her where he's being... 
super sensitive about her. You know, he might be super... Obviously, there's that too, how he's handled it, but how it affected him, for him to have done that, we don't know what the conversation behind closed doors is. uh, When it comes to stuff between couples, I always say it's so easy to sit here and judge and how we just don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I know they do lots of public stuff, but you never, ever, ever know what goes on behind closed doors, why they reacted that way, way, how, you know, it might have reminded him of a moment where she might have had a breakdown about what's happened to, you know, that kind of thing and he didn't yeah, want that to happen to her again. Let's not forget Keith. If it was that no, deep, I'm not saying. And, and he's, a, he's, a, he's a comedy guy himself. Do you get what I mean? It's not like he's a stranger to comedy, yeah. is he? But that's what I'm saying. There might have been a trigger point. There might have been something that triggered him to like be like, okay, he might have looked over at her and gone, okay, I don't want her to feel like that. She, I thought she would be okay with this because it's old news in our family, but suddenly for it to be, we had to be reminded of it publicly and it, see her face and it, she's suddenly not comfortable again. You know, you can, I can't, obviously uh, everyone knows what I've been through now, but I have PTSD. I think I'm okay with certain stuff sometimes, right? I'm like, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool. And then something happens and I'm like, I'm not cool with that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I thought I would be, but I'm not cool with that. Right now, I am going to, you know, I lost it last week at somebody because somebody was pressuring me and I used to feel that. And I was like, I'm okay. You're one of my really, really good friends from like over 15 years. But I'm telling you, please, I don't want to speak to you right now because you're going to trigger me. I'm feeling that I'm going to be triggered. I'm and they still insisted on speaking to me and I got triggered really badly and had a couple of nights and nightmares. But you, the thing is, I could have had that conversation maybe two, three, three, four, five weeks ago and be okay. We just don't know when it's going to like necessarily come on. But I was beginning to feel triggered from the conversation we we're having on text. And, uh, and then he was like, let me call you. And I was like, no, just don't. Because mm. I was already beginning to feel triggered. But <clears throat> I've been out of my situation for three and a half, over three and a half years now. And I think I know how to deal with most of my triggers, but you can't help it when you are. And he might have seen something in her where he, go, where he might thought, do you know something? She might be triggered by this. I need to protect her. But... I'm not saying what he did and how he did it was correct, but I would want a man that cares about me enough to not care about what anyone else thinks. But I mean, this is an example of that, really, if, if you're talking about that, because that's how it did come across. I don't know if it's because, as Haji said, it could be about him uh, feeling guilty or about Will Smith's ego just you know oh no one says that to my woman because male ego is uh, I don't care what people say now if I'm trying to start some shit or anything it exists and it's very different from women that that Neanderthal thing of like my woman and no one does this there is a lot of that in some guys more than others you know and 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 it's it's a a big thing that's that they always think but the only thing where like when guys unnecessarily jump in when you're handling a situation and do you need a hand do you need you know can i can i whatever for you i'm like handling it it's all right you don't need to create a scene here you can handle it and it can be shut down in a very okay way i mean a lot of them a lot of them do jump in and and there's a people in prison there's a lot of people behind bars because they have actually uh gone out and and committed acts of violence which were about I'm defending my woman. She chivalry. Speak to her like that. Chivalry. Chivalry. Yeah. chivalry. Exactly. So called chivalry. Women. No, the ego isn't just about women. Can you imagine if Chris Rock's ego had kicked in at that point? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like yes, how yes. it could have just gone down, right? Yeah. But he honed it, right? He kept it in. Yeah, but like... women and 
a man and protecting a woman and that ego relationship with ego when it comes to women or their partner that seems to be like quite a I mean look at it in the brown community look at it in the south asian community that whole thing it's like quite no I think it's also a case of men just being like in any community just be like oh boy saying men saying are you gonna take that are you gonna take yeah, yeah that? exactly you know what I mean he could have kicked in yeah, he could have but... retaliated like that and well shit really would have gone down at the Oscars then but I think he stepped back as the bigger man and thought you know what okay you know what just carry on because he was gonna but... say something else did you see that Haji like when uh yeah. he was like he started to say something else then he was like he stopped then he was like oh this is the greatest moment in tv history yes. or something but he was yes. about to say something yes. else and i don't know what that was but he, he handled kind of it i'm gonna say he handled it really 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 well he took it in his stride and he just carried on and he handled it amazingly well and i'm gonna say props to him for doing that because he did he just took a moment had that you know Checked you know himself. He was a bigger man. I have, you know, I wouldn't, I would, I'm never, I would, I say I would he be wasn't. surprised if, like, after this, the comments and people's reactions to this are actually going to be more towards Chris Rock, actually. Yeah. Because of the fact, because uh, you know what? Like, honestly, my heart, like, I just felt for him. I was just like, I get, we all get triggered by stuff in life. You know what? We, every, every, no, but don't that. use that term. And so I'm going to say this don't use that. I would say, don't use the, people use the word trigger really like flippantly these days mm-hmm. um an emotional memory where you remember something and feel emotional is different and a trigger is something different okay and so whether he had an emotional memory or whether he got triggered whichever one it was is still for him to walk up yeah defend your woman maybe sit there maybe shake your head show that you're not actually mm-hmm, happy mm-hmm. with this or whatever get jada screw your oscars it's not like you haven't boycotted your oscars before get her walk out I, yes i literally just thought yeah, that. yeah. Just, you How know you handled it i'm not for your award as well like pretty much i'm not right disputing afterwards. but i'm not disputing that he handled it badly i'm not disputing that but the point is my point is like everybody there seem to know like everyone there seems to be like if you look at the reactions of people they listen to the reactions of people who are in the room at their time yeah, so, you know, like, I've li- like, as I said, I took it right to the end, literally before I came on, I was still watching and trying to listen to the reactions as they were coming out of the Oscars <clears> just now. And if you sit there and you listen to the reactions of people, people who know them better than we know them, mm-hmm. um, and their reaction is quite unusual, actually, and they're feeling quite torn. They, they're feeling that and I, because I don't know how I feel I don't know them personally so I try not to judge I still think what he did was wrong he shouldn't have got up at that stage and hit him there's nothing that condones that even though I felt like I wanted a partner to do that in the past to somebody else but yeah he shouldn't have done that especially who he is where he should know better but people's reactions are really mixed they feel as a result of that they got to see a side to Will Smith that we wouldn't have seen. Um, I mean, I think the tears in his speech were genuine. Mm. As in whatever whatever caused those, to see a moment like that, it's quite... To be that emotional 
and vulnerable in front of people after knowing what he's just done. Yeah. It takes a lot of guts to go up there <coughs> and then stand and speak to people and accept an award after knowing what he's done is wrong. It takes he- hell of a lot of guts to do that as well. I don't think if I did something stupid somewhere and like that, and then I had to go up and stand and face everybody I just done it in front of to whatever, I don't think I could do it. I think I would have left. I, I uh, look, they're, they're also these are seasoned actors as well. Okay, so you know, with acting, you might have a shit day. And you've still got to go out there and and shine in some way. So there is that, you know, we're not seasoned actors. So could we do that? I don't know. Whereas he can. Are you saying his speech was a... a, No, no, um, no, 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 I'm not saying that. But somewhere within him to kind of be like, okay, put that to one side. I'm going to now have to do this and stand and speak about this thing. So I don't know whether it's compartmentalising or not. But I I do, I'm just conscious of the time. So I'm going to wrap this up because I think we could probably (laughs) speak about this for ages. But I I did was looking on Twitter and stuff as well, other reactions. And, you know, it's, like you said, it is very mixed, you know, like, I I don't know if you know Jamila Jamil. um, But she uh, is, you know, she speaks out a lot about women and stuff like that. And she said, you know, she tweeted, uh, Will Smith said not today. A man big enough to absolutely floor him, slapped him softly enough that Chris Rock barely moved because he made fun of his wife's alopecia on the stage don't say protect black women for two years then only condemn will here come on and she put this quote of um uh malcolm x the most disrespected person in america is a black woman the most unprotected person in america is a black woman the most neglected person in america is a black woman now that's a really big statement to put quite powerful you know what i mean put that and then yeah and and say this so some people are like well yeah you know that's how you do stick up for your woman, for a black woman, you're saying things and it's just very mixed. It's, but I am. It's like, well, yeah, almost and, like Chris Rock as a black man, you should know better. You I know. know and, and, and there's you know, also that element of it as well. And, and you know, my, my husband being black was like, uh, I really am sad to see two black guys at the Oscars doing this. You know what I mean? Say if yeah. it's two, two uh, Indian guys at the Oscars like you must have got to shame, the Oscars you know shame, what I mean right? yeah. and now it's well, like we'd be like oh my god it's an Indian wedding all over again it, exactly <laughs> exactly where do you think you are so you know I, I do get that as well but in response to Jamila Jamil's tweet there was a lot of a lot of mixed uh, responses so mixed, yes I yeah. think people are going to be talking about it but that is um we are have gone over our hour and you know we've got to get on with our day and everything so ladies I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and um sharing your thoughts and experiences here on the sisterhood of mommy imperfect thank you for tuning in if you enjoyed this episode please do share it show the podcast a bit of love by leaving a nice review on apple Podcasts, because that would also help more people to find the podcast so that's all for this week until next week look after yourselves and the special people in your lives without any violence take care